I know we have some guests here today. Thank you for joining us in worship today. We are blessed to have you all here. We're going to have some camp sharing in just uh, a few moments. Uh, A few announcements first. Um, Tomorrow, our women's Bible study uh, kicks off its second week of getting together. I heard last week was really good. A lot of us were at camp, um, so I know they'll be able to have a few more ladies join them. But they are going through the book God of Covenant by Jen Wilkin. Amazing, awesome book. There's still time to join that study, so um, you can talk to us if you are interested. That's tomorrow. Then on Tuesday, the men are going to be gathering for prayer at like super early o'clock in the morning, okay? It's 6 o'clock. We're going to gather, all right? So that'll be on Tuesday morning. Then for probably like all the way back to last year, a lot of you have been asking me and 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 asking me. You were asking me for a worship night. And so we are going to have that on Friday, June 25th, a night of worship. So all that you all that have been asking me, better circle that on your calendar. Make sure you show up for that. It's going to be a really good time. And then finally, uh, today, right afterwards, kind of, kind of as, as a wrap-up for camp, but kind of as an opportunity for us all to get together in fellowship, we are having basically a giant pizza party at the McNeil's house. So everyone is invited, even all the guests here and all the families, and, and that's going to save you all a lot of money because I see some of you all got some big families, okay? And we're going to provide all the pizza for you. Uh, just let us know. If you haven't signed up already on the Church Center app, just let us know so we do make sure we have enough uh, pizza. But that's going to be a good time. We'll throw up the uh, address on the screen after the, uh, after the service so you know how to get there. Um, it's going to be a really good time. Finally, we're going to keep the kids in the service today because sometime soon those younger kids are going to be heading to camp with us, so we just want them to have a little bit of uh, a taste of of what camp is about. And that is it. I'll hand it over to Justice. All right. Um, We're going to have some students share, and maybe some of the staff too. There's a microphone here. If any of you students prepared notes, which probably didn't but if you did this is here for you um so normally it's really hard to start off because no one wants to go first so one of my seniors should go first and make everyone else more comfortable so which one is that all right logan we chant at summer camp All right, well, for those of you who uh, don't know me, my name is Logan. Uh, (laughs) uh, This was my eighth and final year as a summer camp student, so, yeah. So it's kind of sad, kind of, we'll have to see if I decide to come back maybe as a counselor or something, so. But uh, I'll just uh, mention quickly, my favorite thing uh, at camp probably was Mr. Childress's uh, talk about being all in for uh, Jesus, and he basically... Yeah, he basically just talked about, like, giving God 100% all the time uh, and just giving him glory in everything you do, even in, like, the little things, because those matter, too. So I just want to, like, take what he taught us and apply it to my life. So, yeah. All right, who's next? Don't be shy. Job. Uh, 
Um, this was my, well, for those of you who don't know me, my name's Job. Uh, this was my, I think it was my seventh year at camp, and I had a lot of fun. I loved playing volleyball with everyone, and I loved uh, our games director, Gretchen. I don't know if she's here or not, but she was awesome. Her game's probably like the best I've ever been out of the seventh years. And um, my favorite breakout session was probably Laura's. And it was um, what God's will is. And some people are like, oh, this is what I feel like God is telling me. I think this is God's will. But if it get, goes against the Bible, then it's probably not God's will. <laughs> Thank you. All right, who's next? My staff is welcome to share too, but we want to get some students up there. All right. Hello. <laughs> I'm Zach. This is my. Hello. This is my first year at IGY camp, and it's very fun. Um, my favorite part was probably playing volleyball and spiking on David Riggs. And then my favorite breakout session was probably Mr. Childress with the all-in thing because that really compelled me to more devote my life to God. So there you go. Awesome. Oh, I thought you were tagging David in. Okay. <laughs> I'm David. So my favorite part of about camp would definitely be playing volleyball. And actually, I did the spiking on him. But my favorite breakout, I like. I went to Laura's and I went to Mr. Childress. They were both really good about like knowing what you're gonna do, and you can like have the Bible to help you with that. It's not just about you want what what you want, but with the Bible. And then with the all-in thing that you got to be living 100% for God, not just yourself. And you got to be all in. Amen. All right, who's next? I see a lot of shirts. Joseph. Hey, I'm Joseph. My favorite part about camp was probably Mr. Bond's preaching, and it helped me to trust God more. And it's like, like I, I know the Bible, but like I never really like trusted God, and it really helped me to do that. So that's my favorite part. Praise the Lord. Patience. Hi, my name's Patience, and it was my... And it was my third year at church camp. My favorite part was probably the worship. Laura did a great job. Thank you, Laura. And my favorite game was probably Sony ball or volleyball. That was really fun, playing with my team and everything. And I can't wait for next year. Thank you, guys. Who's next? 
I see some like smiles, people that know they're going to share, but they're nervous to share. So just get up here and get it over with. Hello. <laughs> I'm Julie. Hi. This is my second year going to IGY camp, and also the last, sadly. But the biggest thing that stood out to me was just not to wait. Because, like, this week was all, like, Jesus is coming soon and stuff. And, like, just, like, don't wait to do what, like, the Lord is calling me to do. Don't wait to, like, repent. Don't wait to live for him. Just do it now because we don't know when he's coming. Like, in the Bible it says he's coming in just a little while. And we don't know when that is. But just always to be ready for him and his him returning. One thing that um, I really liked was, I can't remember who said it, someone said it, but it, it stuck there. It was many people like don't know how to stand because they haven't knelt first. So it was really powerful in that. It's just don't be afraid to break yourself before the Lord before he breaks you and just be ready just to live for him, basically. So yeah. Very good. Thank you, Julie. Who's next? All right. Also, Daniel, don't think because you're in the sound booth, you're not coming up here. I don't know what to do. All right. Hello. My name is Manette. Um, uh, so I don't know. There, like, it was all so good, and all the lessons were so amazing. Um, but I think one of the lessons that stood out the most to me was one of yours. Um, and you were talking about, uh, sorry, that's so loud. Um, like, don't wait to get it right with the Lord. Um, I think that's something you said, and that really stuck with me. Um, just like, how about Julie said? Like, we don't have time to just mess around and, um, like, wait to repent. Repentance was really a big thing that the Lord got on my heart. I realized, like, at the end of camp that I used, like, all of my quiet time just kind of in repentance to the Lord and just asking for forgiveness and asking for help on my sin because we don't have time to wait. Like, we have to repent now before Jesus comes back and we're not ready. Um, so, yeah, that was it. Amen. Who's next? Karis. My name's Karis, and one of the things that I want to do is thank Justice for, like, all he's done for everybody at youth group and all the time he pours into all of us um, to um, know God and, like, turn our lives over to him. And I really like the worship and all the sermons, and Pastor Bonds was really good, and it was, like, um, uh, we were doing the Book of Revelation and, like, what church you are and what church you want to be. And it was really eye-opening to see, like, where you are and where you need to be with, like, Jesus. It was really good. So, thank you. Thank you, Karis. Who's next? All right, my wife. Um, I just wanted to share some quotes from camp. Um, these are, okay, from the messages, not goofy ones. I should have had those too, but 
So the first one is, less sin doesn't save you. And this was when Ms. Uh, Pastor Bond was talking about um, being moral, but not giving your life over to Christ. And the importance of recognizing that when we compare ourselves to someone else, um, it doesn't matter if we do less bad or more bad than someone else. Like, we're still sinners, and we still need Jesus. Um, so even if 99% of our sin went out the window, and we only sinned 1%, that separates us from God completely. And so we need him. So less sin doesn't save you. Um, the second one, the more serious of event, the more you prepare. Um, and so I thought that was important to recognize. You know, if your favorite celebrity or if your favorite um, sports star, you were going to meet with that person, you would prepare. You'd probably want to look good. I mean, I'd probably actually put on more makeup and do things, you know, and you'd be ready like for that meeting with that person because that's important to you because it's serious to you. Um, and how much more serious is Jesus returning? Um, some will go to heaven and some will go to hell. That's pretty serious for the rest of eternity. And so we need to be preparing for that. The third one out of four that I wrote um, was Jesus is our friend, but he's also our master. And we are called to be about our master's business. He has things for us to do here. Um, it is not a calling um, to turn over our life one day, but to deny ourselves every day and follow him. And so we are called to be about his business. And part of his business is bringing people into his kingdom. And the last one that I wrote down um, from the different messages is, you cannot borrow someone's faith. Um, in the end, uh, when we face Jesus um, and we see him fully for who he is, um, we can't say, hey, you know, I'm with my family, I'm with my church, um, I'm with Awana, I'm with Bible quizzing. We can't borrow someone else's faith. Um, we have to make it our own. And I think that is important because a lot of us have grown up in Christian homes, and that's a wonderful, wonderful blessing. I myself did that as well. Uh, but each individual here has a choice to make, um, and so we can't borrow someone else's faith. And the last thing I wanted to, to say about camp is camp really encouraged me to get back into the word um, and to to not do it spontaneously and not do it without a plan, but actually have a purpose and a, an actual time where I sit down consistently and I'm in God's word. Because if we are not in God's word, we do not have a foundation that will last. And as this world continues to turn um, and change and fall into darkness, um, in order to be the city on the hill and to be that light, we have to be in God's word. I'm thankful for camp this year. Amen. All right, come on up. Oh, there we go. Hi, I'm Joy. This was my third. <laughs> this is my third year as a counselor. My fourth or my fifth year of camp. Um, I wasn't really planning on speaking, but I just wanted to tag on to Laura a little bit. Um, Justice had one of his talks was about the parable of the bridegroom and the ten virgins and the five that were ready when the bridegroom came and the five that weren't. And it's just talking about, like, the people that were ready when Jesus came and the people that were, like, lazy and were like, oh, now that Jesus is here, I'm going to get ready real fast. Um, so he had an example, and he had ten people come up, and he gave them all flashlights. And five of the flashlights had batteries, and five of them didn't. So whenever, oh, get up, get ready, the bridegroom's here, they all jumped up and ran to the door, and only five of them had their flashlights on, and those five were allowed to go with the bridegroom. 
Um, the other five did not have theirs, and they weren't able to go to be with the bridegroom. And it was just that just in and of itself convicted me to be ready. But then after that, what really, like, broke my heart was <laughs> Ethan Bond, like, shook his flashlight or whatever and got the battery to turn on. So he's like, but wait, now, now my batteries are on. Now my flashlight's actually on. I'm ready to go. And it's like, well, you waited till the last minute. You still can't go. And it was just like, ooh, even if you, like, wait till Jesus is here and Jesus is, like, ready to make us whole and complete, it's like you can't wait until the last second to be like, all right, now I'm good. Now I'm, I'm for you, Jesus. It's like you have to do it now. So. Lord. Don't miss your chance. We won't go forever. And I know some of you still have things to say. There we go. Uh, hello. My name is Caleb. Uh, hello. And uh, this camp has been very impactful impactful to me. I have gone for two years. Last year, the theme was wake up. And that really got me into actually thing of God as God. Because before, it was really that much to me. And this camp really awakened me. And uh, the last sermon, I uh, decided to believe in God. And uh, next... And next Sunday, I'm going to get baptized. So I can't wait. Can't wait till next camp, and see you. Praise the Lord. Some of you might already know my name. I'm Daniel. Uh... I really don't know how many years I've been to camp. Uh, it's been probably close to five, maybe even six. Uh, but this sadly was my last year as a camper. But uh, hopefully in future years I'll come back as part of the staff. Uh, something that was really impactful to me was just God impressed on me how good he is, how above us he is, uh, how high his ways are above our ways. Uh, even when we think we're doing something that is for his glory, it is for his glory. Uh, but God has so much better planned for us than our wildest intentions, our wildest hopes. Uh, his ways are as far above our ways as our ways are above that of, let's say, the snail. God is there through it all. We're only here for a short time. We need to use that time really to give glory to the one who literally created us, and not just us, but created everyone to the left of you, everyone to the right of you. This very planet we're sitting on was created by God. Let's give him praise, give him glory. He is more than deserving of it. Uh, kind of a funny thing that happened was just uh, one of the games we played was Ultimate Frisbee. It's a classic game. 
But instead of having the ability to use all of our legs, we had a uh, kind of cloth wrapped around them, and we could only waddle around like this. <laughs> and so what ends up happening is I'm playing on one field. We have two fields going. And I look over, and I see Manette literally has fallen down, and Jacob comes sprinting. He's looking so directly at that Frisbee that he doesn't see Manette laying down there on the ground. And he runs full force into her knee and completely topples over. And that really brought a smile to my face. And also, I was kind of, come on, get, get up. Hopefully everyone's all right there. But Manette was fine, and Jacob came right on over to her and tried to help her up. So everyone was safe. But there was a lot of close moments at camp. God was really had his hand over all of us. So, Amen. Since you brought up that game, Daniel, I'm just going to say real quick, uh, the game, uh, spiritual application here, okay, made me think of something while we were at camp. It was like trying to play ultimate frisbee like that. It was like running around trying to like, you know, walk the life with Jesus with like unconfessed sin holding you down. You try to play, you know, and then versus running without that stuff tied around your legs. Anyways, for you campers. To get the ball rolling, I'll call my dad up to share something. <laughs> Say word to So since we're talking about, hi, my name's Jake. I'm some people's dads here. So uh, we do have a little bit of fun at camp, but uh, uh, it's, it's cool because, I mean, it's fun but it's also intentional fun, like Justice talked about. There are, there's, there's uh, spiritual applications, and I think uh, a big application is, you know, inevitably, in, in the fun games that we have, okay, in the fun games that we have, uh, maybe a call doesn't go your way, or your team isn't quite, you know, like some of your teams are really in it, but other teammates maybe aren't in it, or, or you know, people just have different skills. So, uh, there's opportunity for um, for bad calls, heaven forbid, or good calls that you just don't agree with, uh, and and, uh, and and in the midst of all that, so there's pressure, and uh, well, that's intentional pressure. The counselors uh, we're looking to see, you know, when we're when these kids are put under pressure, what comes out, and sometimes it's. Not so good things, and other times it's good things. And, and I was really uh, Im- impressed uh, by several of the teams. Uh, there were some good things coming out. I, I could tell that um, they were, uh, the, 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 uh, the kids, the campers, they, several were trying to uh, really speak, uh, uh, speak well to their teammates rather than getting down on their teammates Uh, attempting to encourage, uh, even if maybe they were the more competitive uh, 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 members of the team. And you would think naturally, those competitive members, I've been there, you want to win. And in a lot of cases, maybe that means win at all costs. Uh, And maybe the cost is really being mean to your teammates to try and encourage encourage them uh, into action. And uh, uh, I saw several... Uh, uh, campers intentionally choose to not do that, uh, even though that would be the natural thing of their disposition, and instead encourage. So that was that was really awesome. That's something that I wanted to mention. Also, I, I had uh, I had the the youngest of the young men 
this year uh, in my small group. And um, so in our discussion, uh, <laughs> there was a question that came up, I think, from one of the, uh, the evening's messages. How would you uh, face up under trials? Are you ready uh, to face up under trials? And all of, I, so I asked it in the small group, and all of my young guys, except for one, said, no, we're too young. We're not ready to face up under trials. <laughs> and and um, so that became, uh, to a certain extent, a focus of our time together, uh, praying for, well, what do we need then? What, what, are, what do these youngest of the young men need? Uh, they need to grow in maturity and knowledge and wisdom. Uh, so we, we were praying that, and I say, uh, keep praying that. I think that's true for all of us, uh, but it was particularly true for our, our young guys. And then also, uh, another thing I'll share in the small group is we were praying that uh, it's easy for, uh, easy-ish, for our outside, uh, especially um, if you're younger and you're growing up uh, with uh, parents and you're in church, for our outside to look really, really good. Um, and maybe you're obeying your parents most of the time. Uh, maybe, you know, they tell, your mom or your dad tells you to wash the, yeah, you wash the dishes. But on the inside, you really don't have a heart of obedience. Um, so we pray particularly that, um, that our inside uh, would match our outside, that, that that obedient action would be paired with an obedient and faithful and loving heart that loves God. So that's, uh, that's what we talk about. All right, we have one or two minutes left for sharing. Last chance. Any, any students? Any students? Going once. Oh, I see. All right, Lizzie. My name is Lizzie, and um, God showed me a lot of things at camp, but one of the main things that, like, stuck with me was um, the whole week we, Justice and uh, Mr. Ron were just, like, talking about how you have to, like, be ready Jesus is coming and like you have to not put it off and then in one of our like breakouts we were talking about it and someone said something I, I it was like a group thing but we were talking about how like if you like what you put in is what you're going to get out of it and like I don't know in my mind I just thought like going to church and that that was like enough and I was doing it all but like like that the fact that like if you want more and you want to grow your relationship with God, you have to like read the Bible, you have to pray, and like um, someone related to like sports and how like we, you're not going to get better at your sport unless you practice, and we practice like for sports like every day of the week, and like then we compete in the like games, and we put so much of our time and focus into it, especially like me, um, like I know I went to practice every day of the week, and then I had like my competition, and um, I told myself I didn't have time to, like, read the Bible and things, but, like, this just reminded me that if, like, if I put all that time in for, like, a game, how much more time should I put in for, like, like, Jesus and the creator of everything, so that really stuck with me. Amen. Thank you, Lizzie. All right, going once. Oh, Mr. Benson. Hi, everybody. My name is Dan Benson. Um, I don't want to say I saved the, less, the best for last, but how about the oldest for last? <laughs> um, I missed last year because of COVID, and it was really kind of weird coming and back and knowing that I missed a year. It was kind of 
weird. We're glad to have you back. Yeah. Um, I think for me, the biggest thing was after the first night and we had our first small group, um, how each and every one of my young men expressed just the very first sermon that was given impacted them. I mean, their eyes were opened on night one. Hadn't seen that before. And um, in fact, one young man said, boy, Mike Bond, when he speaks, it's like, it's like magic, man. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, was really impressed. And, and, and I'm, you know, how many years have I been doing this, Justice? Oh, probably between. <laughs> Somewhere between 10 and 15. Somewhere between 10 and 15. Yeah, somewhere around there. Um, and I kind of mentioned it to you, Justice, too. Um, I came to Christ when I was 27. I stopped going to church when I left high school because I really didn't know the Lord. Um, boy, I wish I had this when I was in high school. Um because it would have woken me up. I know that. Um, so out of Teens for Christ, where it started, and IGY, I think this was the best set of messages, the most clear and concise, powerful preaching that impacted kids, I think, more than we realize. Um, this was truly one of the best camps I've ever been in. And it was um, humbling and privilege, and humbling and really, really a privilege to be a part of this and to help these kids and to be just a, um, the role that I was to play and, and, help and, and be there was just uh, amazing. And um, I'm really looking forward to next year. Amen. All right. If you didn't get to share, students, come Wednesday night. We will have some more sharing on Wednesday night from the students. But um, we're going to get in the Word in just a moment, and we're going to look at some of the passages we did at camp. But first, um, Miss Marla put together a slideshow for us. So we're going to watch the slideshow so you guys can see a little bit of what happened at camp. You guys can cue that up. Hi, my name is Justice, and I've been to camp for 18 years. <laughs> so God is good, and as you can hopefully tell, we had a really good camp um, between the sharing, the video, and, and I'm going to now attempt to take about 15, maybe 20 minutes of your time, I promise I won't be long, and try to condense four messages into one, <laughs> okay? So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Revelation chapter 20. I'm going to start reading in verse 11. It says, Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. Earth and sky fled from his presence, and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according 
to what they had done as recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them, and each person was judged according to what he had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. So what we see here, what we learned at camp is one day everyone will be judged. Not just those who are alive, but everyone who has ever died. And anyone whose name is not found in the book of life will be thrown into the second death, the lake of fire. It says earlier in chapter 20 um, that the lake of fire, those that are there will be tormented day and night forever and ever. So this is what we call hell. And in Revelation 21 and 22, right after what I read, it goes on to give a beautiful description of heaven, which is not torment. And this is where those whose names are found in the book of life will go. Due to time, I'm just going to read a first few verses in chapter 21. It says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. Heaven, no more pain no more death, no more sorrow. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. And then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To him who is thirsty, I will give to drink without cost from the spring of the water of life. He who overcomes will inherit all of this, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. So those are the people whose names are found written in the book of life. Those who are thirsty and who come to Christ and trust in him, they get to spend forever with him. And then it says in verse 8, But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, idolaters, and all liars, their place will be in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. And this, again, is the mention of hell for the second time. Um, the question I have for everyone here this morning is where will you spend eternity? In heaven, free from pain and sorrow and death? Or in hell, where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth and eternal torment? And the obvious answer for everyone is that they would like to be in heaven. And many people, when asked, think that they are going to heaven... Maybe because they're good people or because they go to church, because they don't think God would send people there. But it's clear right here that he does and that many people are headed there. At camp, we went through chapters uh, 24 and 25 of Matthew. And in chapter 24, Jesus answers his disciples' questions about his return. And he starts that chapter by telling them about the hardships and persecution and distress that are going to be coming. And he warns them not to be deceived, he encourages them not to fear, and he tells them not to be caught off guard. 
um, I encourage you to read those chapters uh, later today. But he doesn't want them uh, to be caught off guard. He says, this stuff is going to happen, and you need to strengthen your faith. And church, those of you who are in Christ, hardship is coming, and you need to strengthen your faith. He then goes on to tell several parables that are really telling the same story from different angles. Jesus says that his return is going to be just like the days of Noah. People going about their business, doing what they want with their lives, and engaging in all sorts of sin and evil. Noah was a preacher of righteousness, warning them, but they didn't repent. They continued in their ways, and the flood came, and and they they were wiped out as they went about their normal lives. Jesus warns us at the end of chapter 4, again, to be the wise and faithful servant that is busy about his master's business. Not the wicked and lazy servant who engages in whatever he wants, doing evil. Jesus is going to come back, and when he returns, we want to be ready. He goes on in, in chapter 25, and he tells the parable of the ten virgins that Joy talked about. Um, I want to read that real quick. You can turn to Matthew 25. In Matthew 25, verse 1, it says, At that time the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise, however, took oil and jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight the cry rang out, Here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived, and the virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later others also came. Sir, sir, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, I tell you the truth, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. So a short summary of what is happening here. The job of the virgins was to welcome the bridegroom by shining their lights. And in this parable, they represent the visible church, those who claim Christ. And it says some of them were foolish and some of them were wise. Those foolish ones, they had lamps, but they didn't have oil for their lamps. And if you line them all up with their lamps like we did at camp with flashlights, you wouldn't be able to tell who was foolish and who was wise just by looking at them, standing there with their lamps. Not until it came time to shine their lamps, not until the bridegroom came. And so that's what happens in this parable. The cry rings out that the bridegroom has come. Jesus is coming. And so they they get up, they get their lamps ready, but the foolish ones don't have the oil they need. So they ask from the wise who refuse, refuse, and they tell them to go get their own oil. And if you're reading this at first glance, that might seem kind of selfish, okay? Like, why not share your oil? But this is a parable. That's not what is happening here. The wise ones who have the oil and are ready are the ones who have true faith in Jesus. They're his, they're obedient, they trust him, they have the Holy Spirit. 
and the foolish ones have mere outward religion. They're church people, they have good morals, and then all of a sudden as Jesus returns, they're asking for the faith of the wise. But like Laura said, you can't borrow someone else's faith. You can't borrow your parents' faith, you can't borrow your friend's faith, you can't borrow your pastor's faith. If you've neglected that in your life and you haven't trusted in Jesus yourself, it's going to be bad. You can't ride someone else's trust and obedience. And so this leads to a terrifying end. The foolish ones, when they they went out to search for it, they went out to buy their oil. The bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet. Jesus came, and he ushered the church in. The others came later and asked to be let in. They want to join Jesus at the wedding feast. They want to join him in heaven. And he says, I tell you the truth, I don't know you. It is too late. So Jesus says to keep watch because you don't know the day or the hour. Keep watch because um, he's going to come. And to keep watch doesn't mean you're constantly looking out the window for him to, to return on the clouds. The wise virgins, it says that even they slept, means to be spiritually Awake, be alive and alert, knowing and serving Jesus now, not waiting. Use all the means that God has given you to trust in him and know him and be faithful to what he has called you to do. So I just want to be clear here, being a moral and a good person will not be enough on that day. Being at church will not be enough. Having the appearance of a Christian will not be enough. None of us are good enough. That's the truth. We have all sinned and fallen short. Our works can't save us. Only the grace of God through the gift of his son, Jesus, can save us. One of the main themes that came out at camp, um, it was our intention was Jesus is coming soon. That was our theme. We were looking at scripture having to do with that. And, and when you do that, you, you see repentance. Um, so that was one of the major themes that, that worked out at camp was Jesus's um, call to repentance. We have to turn from our sin, from our works, and turn to Jesus. And this is not a call for later. It is a call for now. Jesus is coming soon. I want to read just a little bit more in Revelation chapter 22. This is Jesus speaking. He says, Behold, I am coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to everyone according to what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes, that they may have right, the right to the tree of life, and may go through the gates into the city. Outside are the dogs, those who practice magic arts, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright morning star. It says those who wash their robes. This is referring to those who wash their robes in the blood of the lamb and the blood of Jesus. Those who have trusted in Jesus. His blood is the payment for their sins. And everyone who does evil, which really is all of us, right? When, it, when, when it's giving this description of, of uh, people who do evil and who sin, that is all of us apart from Christ. So that is what, uh, you know, some of you were, right? But when we're in Christ, we're a new creation. 
and he washes us clean. But for those, those who haven't trusted in Christ, they are outside. They miss out on heaven and they go to hell. And those of us who trust in Christ, we get washed clean and we're given fine linen to wear like we read at the very start of the service. Verse 17 goes on to say, The Spirit and the Bride say, Come, and let him who hears say, Come. Whoever is thirsty, let him come, and whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the water of life. If you're still breathing, it's not too late. You can trust in Christ, and if you're thirsty for him this morning, you can come and take the free gift of the water of life. Romans 10 says, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I encourage you to do this, to repent, to turn from your sin and confess that Jesus is Lord. Put your trust in him. I say this to everyone, no matter how long you've been in church, don't be the foolish virgin. Don't be the one who's been in church their whole life, their whole life, but still goes to hell because they haven't trusted in Christ. Jesus is coming soon. Don't be caught off guard. Don't be caught unready. Church, may Jesus find you about his business when he returns. Worship team is going to come up. We're going to sing. Um, and while we sing this first song, if you have not trusted in Jesus, I invite you to pray right where you're at. Confess that he is Lord. Turn from your sin and ask him to save you. And as we sing the song, church, if, you, if you've already trusted in Jesus, ask the Lord to remind you because we can forget. We can become callous. We can get distracted. Ask the Lord to remind you how sweet it is to trust in him and ask him to restore the joy of your salvation. Lord, we thank you for such a great camp. I thank you for every single one of these students who came. I pray that you would help them to grow. If they haven't trusted in you yet, that you would, you would call them to you and you would bring them to salvation. And Lord, we ask the same for anyone here who has not put their trust in you. Call them from darkness to light. Save them. Lord, restore the, to us the joy of our salvation. Help us to remember um, this morning as we sing and as we go out of your house, sweet it is to trust in you. And help us to be about your business, Lord. Amen. You can stand and sing with us.